off the ball. GAA. Every team obviously thinks when they start training for whatever competition it is, whether it's a junior championship or a intermediate county championship, that they want to win it and going to win it. You know, and but that's just the way it is. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Rugby Daily on Off the Ball with Deliveroo. Get top local restaurants delivered throughout the Rugby World Cup. Deliveroo, it's all on your doorstep. Welcome to Monday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormick and on the way, Razzie ramps up the mind games as the box replace one World Cup winner with another. Wales provide an update on Dan Bigger's fitness as they name their team to play Georgia. And Eddie Jones comes up with an interesting reason for him being booed insanity and yesterday rugby daily is brought to you in partnership with deliveroo get top local restaurants delivered throughout the rugby world cup deliveroo it's on your doorstep first up today the springboks have been forced into another alteration to their world cup squad but it's doubtful it will elicit heaps of sympathy mccosley mapimpy was ruled out of the rest of their campaign after suffering a fractured eye socket in yesterday's bonus point win over tonga the winger came off the worst of a challenge from tonga scrum half augustine pulu with mapimpy out for four to six weeks as a result He's been replaced in the box squad by fellow 2019 World Cup winner Lacanio Am. Originally, Am was left out of the World Cup squad having suffered a knee injury in their warm-up match with Argentina. Much like Andre Pollard, Am was on the standby list of players for the tournament. South Africa may well be top of Pool B after yesterday's 49-18 win in Marseille, but their defence of the Webb Ellis Trophy could be finished depending on what happens in Saint-Denis come this Saturday night. And believe me when I say Razzy Erasmus has done his homework on the permutations surrounding the final round of pool fixtures. Basically, if, if Scotland beat Ireland with more than eight points and Ireland doesn't get a bonus point, that being said, a bonus point for less than seven points or not scoring four tries, if Scotland beat Ireland, then in my opinion, Ireland is out. Then we are first, Scotland are second, and Ireland are out. So if, for example, Scotland beat Ireland 8-0, I believe Ireland's out. That's how I, I see it. I've been thinking about that a lot last time, last night. Then the other permutation is, which is the interesting one, is when all three are on 15 points. Now, when all three are on 15 points, then the team with the best netto points, first of all, go through. Let's say all are on 15 points. Now, if Scotland's netto points is the best, then Scotland will go through and then we will fall out because Ireland beat us. So first it goes to netto points, and then the second thing is who beat who. But for that to happen, actually, Scotland must score four tries, and they must beat Ireland by more than 20 points, and Ireland must get one bonus point uh, somehow. So uh, it's, it's, it's three or four uh, very interesting permutations. With all that in mind, Erasmus is playing his old mind games and attempting to pile the pressure on Andy Farrell and his squad. Uh, with all humbleness, and there's no arrogance saying this, but we will much rather sit here than being island and knowing that we've been number one in the world all the time. And Scotland basically just have to beat them by eight points uh, and they're out of the tournament. You know, uh, the score can be 22-12 uh, uh, or 22-13 and, and they out of the competition if, if Ireland doesn't get a bonus point. So they don't, don't even have to beat them by five points. Uh, you know, they... Uh, um, yeah, so I think of the of the three teams, we probably at this stage the most comfortable sitting here uh, knowing we've got a two weeks rest and look maybe we've got a six month rest uh, if, if if the cards doesn't fall our way 
But I, I think um, those guys have to still play next week. We now have got two weeks off where we can analyze all three teams that we possibly can play. And as I said, I always thought the Ireland-Scotland uh, game is going to be nervy, just like I think the, uh, the France-Italy game will be nervy. I know everybody writes off Italy, but Italy is not used to playing against the Southern Hemisphere teams, but they are very used to playing against the Northern Hemisphere teams. So I think there's going to be some interesting permutations still in the race of this World Cup. For their part, Ireland are on media duty tomorrow in tour, and we'll hear from them on tomorrow's Rugby Daily. Scotland out half Finn Russell has described Saturday's date with Ireland as feeling like a World Cup quarter final. Gregor Townsend wasn't for indulging in the same kind of mind games as Razzie, but following their resounding win over Romania at the weekend, he was asked by Tom English if there was anything he would change regarding their recent meetings with Ireland. And the games we played, they're all different. Um, apart from the fact that Ireland have won the, the last seven or eight. Uh, there, there's been the, the games that we've um, played better in. We've certainly um, put pressure on Ireland on the scoreboard. Um, we've had opportunities to, to go and win a game uh, or potentially draw a game. I remember out in Dublin, we had we lost by seven points in 2020, I think it was. Um and we had we left we definitely left a couple of tries on the field in twenty twenty one uh Murrayfield it was I think it was twenty one all or twenty four all going into the last two or three minutes. This sh- and to be probably to to reflect on this year's performance, that was probably our best performance um for, for fifty minutes. We had a couple of huge opportunities in the first half. One we got um after doing our mid line break, um to five metres of the Irish line we we lost the ball in contact and just before half time uh, we were close to scoring and, the, and we got bundled into touch so I think at any test match when you play a team who are very good are ranked in the top top three or four and Ireland are now the number one team in the world you have to take your opportunities but you've got to create them first as well and uh, the encouraging thing is we have created opportunities Taking them and playing, playing at a level of intensity and accuracy till the final whistle is important, uh, and that's always challenging against the top teams. But we believe in our, our team uh, that we're capable of doing that. French Rugby Federation President Florian Griel says Antoine Dupont's surgeon will have the final say on his availability for the remainder of the World Cup. The France captain resumed light training yesterday with the rest of his teammates in Aix-en-Provence, barely a week after surgery on a maxillozygomatic fracture. France still have one remaining Pool A fixture, that's against Italy on Friday night, but Maxime Lucu will likely start at scrum half for that game in Lyon. Optimism remains that Dupont can play by the date of France's quarter-final on October 15th, which will likely be against the Springboks. However, speaking to RMC last night, FFR President Grill was adamant that it will be Dupont's surgeon who makes the call on whether or indeed when the scrum half can return to action. Grill said, we have a responsibility for the players before we have a sporting responsibility and I think that the protection of the players is superior to any sporting performance. I repeat, it's the surgeon who operated on him who will have the last word on this one surgeon, not the 60 million surgeons that we hear in the media today. He added that even if Dupont fell fine to resume, the ultimate call will remain with that surgeon. 
Eddie Jones' job as Wallabies head coach is safe. That's according to Rugby Australia Chief Executive Phil Waugh. Australia kept their slim hopes of advancing to the quarterfinals alive yesterday with a 34-14 bonus point win over Portugal. They now need Fiji to be beaten by Portugal in Toulouse next Sunday or they'll be heading home early. Despite their impending exit and reports of Jones speaking to Japan about their vacancy days before the World Cup, Waugh says the head coach is going nowhere. Speaking to reporters today, Waugh said, we're committed to Eddie in the commitment we made to him earlier this year and we'll go through the assessment of this campaign. I've been pretty forthright around the fact that we are committed to Eddie and he probably looks at the campaign and is bitterly disappointed about his performance and the Wallabies' performance. It's a pretty challenging world being a coach and I can understand that, said Waugh. He also said he wouldn't be speaking or indeed asking the JRFU about their alleged approach to Jones and was insistent that he accepted Jones' word regarding his own commitment to the job. Jones, you might have heard, was booed by the San Etienne crowd yesterday when his face appeared on the big screen, but he had an interesting take on why that booing was occurring, and here's a hint, it wasn't because of him. Well, at least they know who I am, I suppose. Um, uh, look, I, I think, you know, rugby's been a game based on, on values, and, you know, fair play's been one of them, but I think the way we referee the game, or the, the way the game's being refereed, is causing crowd problems, yeah, because we've got so many stoppages in the game now. You know, we've got a TMO for everything. And, you know, I'm of the firm opinion that we're destroying the flow of the game. I've said this a number of times, that we need to make the referee the sole judge of the game. And if there is something that is an obvious red card that is foul play, then we go back to that. We've got to keep the game moving. I think part of it's because the crowd are so... They're so uh, discontent with the flow of the game. You know, if you, you look at any game, I don't know how many times, how many minutes they spent down there for that teammate on the, on the more try. You know, it was obvious it was a no try. So why do we have to watch replays and replays of it? Because our game is not a game of science. It's not like cycling. It's not like rowing. You know, it's a, it's a, a human game based on a contest for the ball where we've got a number of problems in each situation. So, you know, I've said this before, and I know it's falling on dead ears, but I'll keep going, because we've got to look after the game. And, and the way we support the game is important too. Wales remain optimistic that Dan Bigger will be fit for their World Cup quarterfinal. The out-half suffered a chest muscle injury in the win over Australia, but attack coach Alex King said today that that injury is only a slight one. His place at out-half goes to Gareth Anscombe for Saturday's final Pool C fixture with Georgia in Nantes. Wales need only a losing bonus points to finish top of the pool, but they'll have revenge on their minds following a November loss to the same opposition. Hooker Dowie Lake returns to captain the side with Jack Morgan, another rested with the quarterfinals in mind. Rio Dyer comes in on the wing, Thomas Williams starts at scrum half, Daffy Jenkins returns to the second row, and Tommy Reffel will start at open side flanker for Wales in that game. Finally, Samoa winger Ben Lamb will miss their final Pool D fixture with England. He was sent to the TMO bunker for a challenge on Japan's Peter Labashanya and had a yellow card upgraded to a red. Lamb has been given a three-match suspension, having accepted that red card, and will have that shorn to two games, provided he attends tackling school. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby Feeds to get this podcast in your feed first and indeed free. My name is Richie McCormack. I'll have more Rugby Daily for you with thanks to Deliveroo tomorrow. Till then, thanks for listening.